Today we are beginning a new series of seven reflections on something that, well, it might appear a little bit negative, but it certainly is very, very important and, and kind of crucial for our whole interior life. And these seven things are the seven deadly sins, as they're called, also known as the seven capital sins. Deadly because they are seen as the sins that if they're left to go wild, they will eventually kill the soul. And capital because they are at the head, or in Latin, the caput, of a host of other sins. So they bring in their wake, as it were. They bring in their wake all the other sins. So they're part of the Christian tradition. They go back to the very, very early days of the church and different thinkers. There have been different formulations. And, and finally, they have become settled as the seven that we have now. I'm sure you're very familiar with them. Pride, envy, wrath, sloth, avarice, gluttony, lust. And actually what's important about that list, or one of the important things about that list is they do come in order of importance. There is a, a kind of descending importance because in fact the most important, or we might say the worst of them all, is pride and the least still deadly, still a capital sin, is lust. So they, they do go down in, in this kind of order of importance, which is quite interesting. Quite interesting that the one we're dealing with today, pride, is seen as being so, so deadly, right there at the top of the list. And we might be surprised that it really trumps other ones, avarice, gluttony, lust at the very bottom. But yeah, pride is, is right up there at the very top of all these of all these deadly or capital sins. It's the deadliest because it's the one that is most opposed to love. And that's what these, uh, you say, nasty habits or vices, as we call them, that's what they are, really. They're things, ingrained habits that pull us away from love, love of others and love of God. And the one that th does this most successfully, we might say, is pride. Pride leads us, you could say, locks us into a a dungeon of self, a love and a self-absorption of ourselves, within ourselves, which which excludes, ultimately, if it's left go again un, unabated, it leads the inability to love anybody else and the inability to love even God. And that is why it's so deadly. And that is why also it is the diabolical sin. It is the, it is the sin, none of the others, but it's this sin alone which makes the devil the devil. He is the devil on account of his huge pride. He's pure spirit, of course, Lucifer and all his other devils. Of course, he can't, he can't be tempted by avarice or gluttony or lust. These things are not problems for him. He's got one problem, and it's a big problem, and that is pride. But you and I also have the great danger of falling into pride. So what is it? What is pride? Well, the Latin word is kind of helpful for us. The, the Latin word for pride is superbia. And we can kind of work it out. Super, as in above. And the bia there comes from bios, meaning life, ordinary life, ordinary other human beings. And so it's this, this idea, this conviction of our superiority, that we are greater, higher, superior to others in many kinds of different ways. And, and we, we just are lost in, in self-love manifestations of this superiority complex would include very simple things like looking constantly for praise, uh, thinking about ourselves excessively, or even just talking about ourselves an awful lot. 
kind of things where we really want to be, in one way, sometimes even disguised as humility, we want to be the center of attention. Or even as somebody pointed out, even dropping words of self-deprecation, putting ourselves down because we know people are going to say, oh no, that's not true, you are wonderful at this. So it's a very subtle, sneaky little sin, is, is the sin of pride. And so so much that we, very often we, we, don't, we don't see it, we don't recognize it in ourselves. What is the solution to pride, given that it's so deadly and it's such a head or caput of other sins? And really, it's very hard to grow in humility. It's very hard to grow because it's kind of thing we get proud of being humble, you know, like famously the person who, who said, uh, finally, finally, I have become humble. So the idea that I'm proud of being humble. It, it's not going to happen that way. The real way to be humble, to become humble, is through humiliations. And a humiliation is kind of like always a reality check, where reality kind of catches up on us and we see, well, I'm not so wonderful as I thought. I'm not superior. For example, somebody clearly does better than us. They get a promotion. We didn't get the promotion. They get first place in the class. We got fifth place. They're preferred to me. They win in, a, in, in, in an election that I, I lost. Also, for example, when we fall, flatten our, our face with something, make a fool of ourselves. And th those kind of things are, are real reality checks. They're very, very painful. And yet we should be kind of grateful for them because it's a good pain, because it's the pain of the reality check. And if we take the humiliations well, and really every day brings at least some tiny little humiliations, and then occasionally we have big, big humiliations. But each time we should react with gratitude, Thank you, God, for giving me this reality check because I move against this most deadly of all vices, pride. I give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions, affections and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you for help to put them into effect. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.